I'm very excited. I have a speech prepared. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I have to read. I'm not a talented actor, such as Greg from The Bachelor or our topic of today's discussion. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are normally the hosts of the In Omnia Pradas podcast. New episodes every Monday on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. However, today or tonight, as this is getting recorded, the two of us are some of the most devoted, kind of off-brand, but on-brand kissing booth fans you will ever speak to. Before we begin our rambles, reviews, and rants, I have a few disclaimers we need to get out of the way. Number one, there will be spoilers. Lots of them. If you care about that, do not watch this. Number two, it is more than halfway through 2021. We are going back into a lockdown and variants are spreading. So as we prepare to hibernate this winter, this is one of the smaller joys, or as Marie Kondo would say, small things that bring us joy. So leave us alone and let us indulge a bit, or a lot, or just don't watch this. You don't have to. Number three, if you are a tall, handsome man between the ages of 25 and 35, who would like to date either of us based on this thumbnail or a female in that age range as well, who might consider us a friend? I guess for friend, we could go like 22 to 35. We're flexible. Please click out right now. This is not our self-aware, mature, conscious adulting self. This is our inner 15-year-old fangirl rom-com addict and our opinions in this talk are considered facts. I suggest you listen to our podcast on relatability, my transracial adoption, or implicit bias in the medical field. Again, in Omnia Paradis on all major places that you get your podcasts. Now let's get into this. Here, here. Okay, so I don't want to say where I'm, I'm being a martyr because like that's a bit much, but like I said, <laughs> opinions are facts in this. The Kissing Booth 3 comes out officially today, which is August 11th, but because I'm insane, I signed up for the pre-screener yesterday, and I signed up twice because I was afraid I wasn't going to get it, so I let Angela watch it yesterday, too. It's fine. That's why you're a martyr. Well, no, I'm a martyr because we haven't spoken heavily about this to the extent we would, and we waited, like, 24 hours. This was so difficult for me. Like, so, so difficult. I know. I can imagine. So, okay. So I watched this in pieces last night. I had to watch it in three different parts because first when I got home, then when dinner came, then when I had like the brief interlude um, chatting through with my parents and then, cause you know, guys, they're my best friends and then actually finishing it up. And even that was really, really difficult for me to not text you. Everything that I had written, I took notes on my laptop um it's about a six second fast scroll so there's a lot here and I categorized them between omg wtf um um dot 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 and lol all caps and today again with the insanity I watched kissing with three twice yesterday Tuesday I was gonna watch today but instead I watched one and two and bloopers and I have a few <laughs> notes on that but more so I left it to certain things like our criteria for rating and ranking the mm -hmm. movies and things but to get started here's the place that always bothers me because I have watched so many interviews and so many people critique this franchise so let's start from the beginning I don't know what year so again like sorry this movie trilogy is based off of the book series from British author Beth Regals it started on Wattpad, 
Wattpad is like a form back in the day where people like would free write. It's also where fan fiction got written. Mm-hmm. Again, she was a 15 year old girl in the UK writing about a high school love story in LA. So therefore, when you watch these movies and when you judge these movies, think about the projects you wrote at 15 years old that got made into a Netflix multi-million dollar trilogy with two actors in Emmy nominated or Emmy winning series. Angel Courtney. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I actually watched a part of KB1 today and I can really tell where it was written by a 15-year-old girl and particularly like a 15-year-old girl imagining what life is like for Americans in LA. Just like some of the things that popped up like when they're at the first party at the Flynn's house when the OMGs are like what's Gucci? It tastes like pink. Did you just put hands on me? <laughs> like it's it's very much like quintessential like American. Yes. Definitely agree. So I think that's kind of the first thing I'd like to start with for everyone of a base knowledge of this was meant for preteens to young adults. I mean it's meant for everyone honestly, but like it's targeted towards preteens young adults like I would say like probably like 10 to 20 would be I think the ideal range for it I think so I was actually a little surprised that um Netflix didn't end up putting one of those uh like child blocks on it so I think it definitely is like 10 plus they swear a lot like not they a do lot. not a lot but take decoms out of the way even though it does give like decom vibes Mm -hmm. like think of 13 going on 30 or other movies and they don't to my remembrance they don't swear as much as they do in the kissing booth one two and three I don't think so I think there are also like far less like in your face allusions to sex yes I think that comes with the beauty of streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I sent you an outline. I have notes, so I also don't have my outline. So would you like to kick us off with my outline? Do you also have anything to add? I know I took over the intro to this. No, you're totally good. I And I mean, I think it's really great that you put this together because as much as I love the kissing booth, you still hold the record for most kissing booth views. Like, Do you, I think of it, the two I of think us I've are- seen- maybe the world I don't know maybe, maybe we world. can see if we can get you in the Guinness Book of World World Records I'd be honored okay mm-hmm. what do okay. we start with so your top three opinions from KB3 where do you stand okay well first to plug myself I gave Angela live reviews which we will be putting on TikTok and Reels <laughs> whenever we launch this onto YouTube I think I was pretty funny It's seriously the best reel that you've ever done. Thank you. Okay. Oh my God. I just watched one and two. So now having to recall three, I'm like, crap. Um, The go-karting scene was hilarious. Yes. Okay. But I'm really surprised for how into it they are that they don't know that it's something that exists in Japan as like an IRL thing that they can do. But we could just appropriate cultures instead. Why not? Why not? 
Um, okay, what's your first opinion? We'll go back and forth. Um, my first one is, <laughs> I think I sent this one to you last night. What the fuck? Why are 18 year olds making sangria? Like in the, in one of the very first scenes when it comes up and Rachel comes out of the house and she's like, Hey guys, look what I've got. And she's apparently made sangria for them. Who is Rachel? Would ma- Rachel would do that. I would do that if I knew how. And they're in, okay, well, they're in LA, but since they're in South Africa, the drinking age is 18. <laughs> so like, or maybe even younger. Well, we'll have to look that up. But no, that was the first thing that got to me. Cause I was just like, in what world would Lee, Noah and Elle like be like, oh, sangria, let's do this. I don't see that. I see as Rachel wanting to make sangria and bringing out to them like, hey guys, look what I just learned how to make. Fair. And her being really, really proud of like her perfect triangle orange slices. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I'm doing this on the fly right now. So I'm like, okay, trying to show us back. Um, this whole movie was because Elle couldn't just put all of her thoughts in one spot and realize the theme. Like this whole movie was because of her own inner haze, not because anything was actually going wrong. Yes. And I think just kind of going along with that theme, like, okay, I had a different, I had a different number two, but this is going to be my number two instead. (laughs) No. Why does Molly Ringwald put so much time into parenting Elle, but not into her own son's? Like, Noah is constantly just taking off, like, wherever. And she's just like, oh, he ran off on his motorcycle again. We don't know where he is. We don't know what's happening. Maybe we'll see him again. Oh, my goodness. And all the times that Lee yells at Elle or runs away from her in front of his family and throws a fit that that she then feels bad and has to chase after him for. Why is Molly Ringwald going up to Elle and saying, like, hey, think about what you want instead of going to her son and saying, hey, maybe you should think about expressing your feelings better so that your best friend isn't constantly trying to spread herself thin like a band-aid to cover your entire body. I've gotten very arm expressive in this recording. Yes, but I also feel like we don't know. I mean, I don't know why I'm acting like there's editors like this is the bathroom, but like, <laughs> I feel that the scenes we see with Elle and Molly Ringwald, yes, I we go between using their real names and their character names in the same sentence. So watch the movies if you get confused. Um, <laughs> but I think it seems like to me the moments where Molly Ringwald is parenting Joey King are the few mother-daughter moments that they do get as opposed to we don't know on a regular races living with the Flynn's what you kind of get with there and also I think it was her place to tell Elle to go for what she wanted rather than whatever she tells Lee and Noah because in the end it is about what Elle wants and what she wants to go and she needs to encourage Elle to be her own person just like she lets Jacob go on his motorcycle and she lets Lee be a petty little brat she needs to tell Elle stop hanging out with my sons I mean yeah I get it from that perspective but again I think just kind of showing that there's some other like force in the Flynn boys lives that cares for them as deeply as Elle does it like it then takes a little bit of that 
off of her and puts it in the greater context of Elle has actively decided to wrap herself up so much in them because she wants to, not because there's a lack of need on their part. Yeah, that's fair too. Okay, number three. Number one. Didn't you start with three? I don't know. (laughs) Final, final one. One last time as the end of this movie is called, which I think is a real hot take and shows my personal growth is I'm satisfied with the ending. Really? Yeah. I mean, I am too, just in the way that they put it together. Biggest spoiler for all of you coming up here. So the way that it ends at their- You want to give it away already? Yeah, I just said biggest spoiler. So you guys can like tune out for the next two minutes. Just jump ahead and it'll be over. No, but I, okay, I love the way that it ended with their little jump into the future and them meeting back up at the kissing booth again, because- you can see that even though they've spent all that time apart, like what is it, six years? And then we'll, when Jacob exits to <laughs> walk up the stairs and then Elle is still waiting there, like looking to see like, is he gonna turn back? Is he gonna do it? I, I don't know, like, should I be doing this? And then he turns around and then she just like, kind of like catches her breath and then he laughs and then she laughs and you just kind of know it's gonna be okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Okay. That was really good. Really concise. Really good. Okay. So what's next? Oh, wait, no, your last opinion. That was my last opinion. What's your last opinion? Oops. No, that, no, that was my last opinion. You were happy with how it ended. I was happy with the ending scene. Okay. Next. What's our next Next is top three moments of the overall series. Okay. I think all of mine come from KB2. Um, okay. I think I'm a sucker for like classics. So like the first kissing booth, like the first kissing scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't watch it today, but like that always, just always so cute. And then the spinning. Wait, camp. where they're spinning. Yeah. And we get the blooper in the third movie of like how I that went. So like, that's so okay. cute. One of three. And these are like my children. I'm not going to rate these three moments. They're just like my top three. <laughs> okay. What's yours? What's your first one? Okay. My first one is, oh, <laughs> you just said you had well, three from gave me two, I, and now I you're know. not saying anything. I know. Okay, I'm. I was wrong, you guys. I have two from KB two, and I have one from the first one. And first one forever, Tuppen Tuesday, when Tuppen walks slap? into detention. Oh. No, <laughs> he walks into detention wearing the skirt. That I think that's one of the greatest moments. Then no, no, Elle... my turn. No, oh, my okay. turn. Sorry. We go, go back and go. forth. Okay, okay. We are being equal. We are trying to share. There's a reason, again, why I'm being a martyr is I didn't do this as a solo episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my second moment is L over the loudspeaker. I just saw that one today. Such a great. Oh my god. He's not just the dessert. He's the after, after dessert. It's like, what is it? It's like, he's not a snack. He's the entree. He's the whole meal. 
And then she's like, I'm not normally a butt guy, but like, I want to like smack it and bite it and lick it. And then you see the guys in the room. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That is a great one. Okay. No, and then I think my other one from KB2 is their final kissing booth when they bring, is his name? It's Ollie up there. The with, gay one. Um, yeah. With um what you call it girl and then he like rips off the mask and goes and finds miles because I don't know I mean obviously like there's a lot going on there that's probably been very hard for them like leading up to this but it's just it's one of those like really nice pure moments because you could see how it's been building oh Oh my god your face I'm getting a little stressed here guys I'm between Okay, like this is this is cheating, but again, my podcast, my opinions, my rules. My other one is going to be like the main L Noah moment of each movie. So for the first two, it would be their montages. And then for the last one, it would probably be whenever. Did you watch Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion? No. Okay, well, it's some like movie about two like white girls who go back to their high school reunion who are unpopular and are trying to prove they're like Hollywood celebrities now. Oh my God. Yes. Oh gosh. I think, oh, I don't know if it's Lisa Kudrow. I don't want to be wrong if it's not Lisa Kudrow, but I don't remember. But the point is they use the song time after time. A lot of other movies do. There was like a couple in middle school who I was friends with who had their last dance and were signed to break up to high school to that song. So whenever I hear that song, like I get in my feels. So like I would go with like the main Ellen Noah moment of each movie because like I'm a sucker for those montages and I'm really salty there wasn't one in three so I guess the time after time montage will have to take that place of it so yeah, yeah. that's my last one you're right it was Lisa Kudrow okay live fact checks even for the video I mean it's not like you do it for the pod anymore exactly okay what's your number three number one last whatever wait didn't I already give three top and Tuesday top and Tuesday he's a snack and Ollie no I said oh well I said the was yours also the loudspeaker yeah okay yeah well you didn't clarify that you just added on so I thought oh no I'm sorry that was also one of my top moments Okay. Okay, cool. We're moving through this. We are. Okay. Um, moving on to the KB3 breakdown. Okay. How do we want to do this? Do you want to um, summarize it? Do you want me to summarize it and jump in? What do we think? Oh, I didn't think we were summarizing it. I thought we were just going to go over some of our favorite moments. But to, overall feelings. But if we're going to do that, why not do it chronologically throughout the film? Well, unlike you, some of us have only seen it once so far, so. But don't you take notes in order? Like, it's not like you're halfway through, you're at the Mario scene, and you're like, wait, I want to talk about when they were cleaning the rumpus room. Like, (laughs) don't you take notes in order? Okay, fair, fair. That's true. All right. Okay, first note. Yes, I did. I did take them out of that. Okay. Okay, so first note, I think you already mentioned this to me in our slight recall of this. Mm-hmm. 
when Jacob posted on his stories, he showed that they were at the real Hollywood sign. I still don't yes. think they were actually in San Francisco because I could tell the green screen, especially like when they were like rowing in the bay. Yeah. Oracle. But the crew, I think, definitely came to San Francisco to the footage. I just don't think the actors were here. I also really can't believe... That makes know, me so sad. I do know that Joey and Jacob came here when they were still together before we were fans of the movie. Really? Yes. There are photos Ooh. of that on the internet. Okay, I'm going to need to find those and I'll add those into the arrangement for later. Perfect. Okay. 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 Yeah. So no, there was that. And then next came Sangria. And then I think I sent this to you last night. It was one of the few ones I sent, but oh my God, the moment I realized that Rachel was going to leave Lee, I got really, really excited. Which moment was that for you? I didn't realize it till later. I knew they were like, eh, but like, I wasn't sure. What was your first moment? You're like, oh, this is going to happen. Oh no, it was absolutely when he pulled out that calendar and was like, here are all of our breaks together. I know it's really close, but Labor Day. And she's just like, uh, we just started school. It's like, oh yeah, she's leaving. Although I do have to say, re-watching KB2 earlier today, my hate of Rachel kind of lessened. You hated Rachel? Oh, I really, really disliked Rachel. Oh. Yeah, she was really bordering on hate. Okay. Although in, in this one, that kind of transferred over to Lee, and I think that's where it rightly is supposed to sit. Oh, I've hated Lee all three movies. Really? Yes. I liked him in the first one. Lee is the problem for the first one. Lee calls Ella slut in the first one. Okay, How okay. Lee- Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. The first one wouldn't have happened is if the night Elle got drunk and started to strip and go to skinny dip, Lee had just been a good friend and not just laughed at her, but taken her up to his room. The reason all of the shenanigans got started is because Elle got placed in Noah's bed, which is today is the first time I've ever seen the extra large cup for his penis for football that was like in the room <laughs> as like an extra accessory. Oh my when God. they're doing like the pan to when she realizes whose room is, I had never seen it before. I was like, what? oh (laughs) oh my god I love that no I mean I I definitely did not like him for all of the problems that he caused but overall I didn't view him as as big a problem than in two and three oh because in two he actively created problems for Elle and made her life more difficult like within regards to his relationship with Rachel if he had just been able to have those honest conversations with her then he would have been able to have been a better friend to her like he probably would have been able to work it out with Rachel because she would have been a lot more understanding of the time that he needed to devote to dance class slash rehearsal there we go okay and like Elle joining them, like maybe like to go to dinner, but not for the movie or not to just hang out around the house. Like he could have handled that so much better. And instead he just let Rachel bag on Elle behind Elle's back. Yeah, I, did, I didn't like him in one, two or three. One, he caused the problem by stupid rule number nine. Two, he wouldn't, he wouldn't communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. Three was the only one where I didn't hate him as much because one, Elle gave it to him at the end, freaking finally. Yes. But also, 
he was right about Ellen Marco hanging out when he's like, I actually agree with my brother. It's like, finally, that brother camaraderie that we've been waiting for. And you know, it's bad when we is defending Noah, you know, really what she's though. Doing is bad. Really though. No, although I do have to say, I loved when she yelled at Lee. I would have liked to see the same moment with Noah. But why did she, I don't think she needs to yell. I think it was her fault, this movie. Well, no, I, well, I don't, I don't think she necessarily needed to yell at him, but I think that she needed to express a lot more to him. We're like, hey, you are putting a lot of unnecessary like pressure on me when you could just as actively work to make this relationship happen. I think she just put up a whole bunch of barriers in her own head this season. Like she took this on season. extra shifts. Well, like the summer season, she took on extra shifts to afford Harvard. If she had just told that, to Noah he could have either a footed the bill which I'm not saying he should have but like he could have helped her been more understanding like she didn't express to anyone that she was having problems and all Noah was trying to do was spend time with her like she didn't tell him about the puck list the thing that confused me the most I can't believe we haven't hit where this will this section is gonna be a bit the flash mob the night she left Noah was because it was a flash mob you warned him about Mario Kart she, oh I have a bucket list thing you coordinated a flash mob like I normally would say pick the romantic dinner, but like you coordinate a flash mob with like 20 people. Like if you had just said that versus, oh, it's a bucket list item. Like some of your bucket list items were turning him into a Sunday. Like some carry more <laughs> effort than others. True, true, very true. But I think also a part of that was like, Noah really looked down on her bucket list items and what they were doing and I think he just that, didn't want to participate like, Chloe, I don't think he looked I don't think he looked down on them I think he just like no I think he did look down on them I think that Chloe was right like there are some times that you just have to show up and support your person and sometimes that might mean putting on like a funny costume and jumping on a go-kart yes but I think in general the whole all of the problems between them were Elle induced because she would not express her needs to anyone Okay, like, but he also wouldn't fully express himself. He would just jump on his motorcycle, ride away, and not tell anyone where he was. He he missed like three months of his senior year. How did he even get to graduate and then walk onto the Harvard football team? White privilege. I mean, yeah, but still, like that's like <laughs> another another way you can really tell this is written by a 15-year-old girl in England. <laughs> I don't, but in this situation, again, I understand this is the bare minimum people, like, let's not come for this, but, like, he didn't hit Marco back. He needed some air. He didn't, like, he needed some, he needed some relief, and granted, was that the best thing? No, but it was something to get him out and diffuse a situation for him, which could relatively, and has, we, and as we've seen, been very toxic. Yes, and I will give him all the credit that he is due there because previously Els had to like try to physically get in front of him. It took Chloe like kind of like have loving him, like ringing a bell, like no, don't hit, no, don't hit other men. But he actively like disarmed himself this time and walked away. So that's very good. But yeah. also, I think this might be a great moment to just go ahead and segue into all of the Nate Jacobs vibes that we got in this movie. 
or do you have more L problems? No, I just think like L was like created most of her problems. Like, hey, Lee, I'm so sorry. I can either make time to come up with you to Berkeley because I know we said we moved together or I can complete this bucket list. Like I'm really swamped on time. I want to prioritize everyone and I don't want to let anyone down, but like, I just need a little give here, buddy. Like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. But at the same time, it's like, this is something that she's been doing since the first movie, like all like keeping her relationship with Noah a secret from the beginning, like was an L induced problem. No, I think that was an L and Lee and his problem. And I think it was more, I would say it was the more L problem, but the fact, again, going backwards, the fact that Lee called her a slut and said, don't bum coochies with my brother. Like, oh boy. Is like, shows that Lee was not mature enough to handle that situation. So I don't think he should have been told. Well, I mean, I also think there's just a problem in general when you can't talk about your relationship with your person. It's like whether that means that you have to slow roll it to them and give it to them in pieces or you have to like actively set them up for it. Like, hey, like I like X person. I want to explore things with X person. Like, let me know how much you want to know. Like your person has to be okay with that. Yes, but I think the dynamics are almost like incest Greek mythology with it being her twin's older brother. Because they were raised together. It's a little bit different. Oh, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine what story that would be. And I can't think of it right. It'll come to me. Okay. Um, Any other moments in KB3 you'd like to break down? all the Nate Jacobs vibes I only the the one time I really got it was on the beach the first during the first accent change when he's like if you don't realize it's like oh no at the go-kart like if you don't realize it like it's embarrassing I was like oh no sir right that was the only one I really saw in KB3 what else did you see no, there was that one and then actually when he showed up with the rose at the restaurant and like turned on the jukebox like that to me was very Nate Jacobs-esque like him going back to Maddie and like trying to apologize but I felt here he did it in a much weaker position than Nate Jacobs I mean yeah but when you looked at him like you could have slot that scene into euphoria well, I was watching an interview today and then someone asked him like, who do you see yourself more as Noah or Nate? And he's like, well, they're both my face, but hopefully neither of my personality. I'm like, fair. So technically, right. like if you wanted to, you technically could flip it because it is the same actor. So like if you put, the hair would change, but if you put like Noah Flynn into Nate and the way he looked as Nate into the kissing booth, there wouldn't be that big a difference. I mean, yeah, maybe not. And okay, and I, I hate this, you know, I hate this word, but the vibe, the vibe was very much like, I did I something weird and sketchy. And- I took it into him like fully like broken down. Like, I don't know what else to do, but like, I love this girl. So like this, 
I didn't oh, I, take it. I completely burst out laughing and I was like, oh my God, he's there to kill her. See, I almost cried. I think this is a great example to show our personalities. <laughs> I thought it was so cute. Yeah, I was like, Elle's about to be on Dateline, guys. Girl taken at the beach. Boy. Let's see. Um, I'm going through my notes right now. Oh, the first time that Marco showed back up on screen at the restaurant, I just wrote Marco Valentin Pena, MVP, MVP, MVP for about six lines. We love MVP. We Such do love snack. MVP. Yeah, we're, we're turning into a snack stand account tomorrow, guys. I have loved Marco since KB2. And again, to all the people out here who are watching this, who are trying to tell me that Jacob Ellerty and MVP... Taylor Zakar Perez are just like not a half step away from each other physically they are, are insane. They are. Mar- Taylor what is, is it that people shorter. said last time? It was like same word, different font. Yes. Good job. That's yeah. how the young, good job. That's how the kids say it these days. <laughs> or did that was last year. No, but it, they literally were the same. When I came out, I was like, are you, huh? And I was like, oh no, you're just Tanner. Mm-hmm. he's actually I'm assuming biracial but we'll go with Tanner for the sake of this argument yeah I was like oh you picked someone who looked exactly like god Nate Noah <laughs> <laughs> final answer who looked like that kid oh see but then this reminds me of the conversation we had with KB too and like I think that them trying to find an actor that looked a lot like Jacob Elordi you is all it. about yeah, because I think it's about trying to make it about how it wasn't that like she was going necessarily for like a physical difference or like something completely different. It was like essentially like they were the same person, like big man on campus, super hot. Everyone wanted them. Good snappy dialogue with her athletic. So it was a crisis of, oh, there's more than one of you out there rather than I have to make these choices between like apples and oranges yes and how can l with the bad hair get those two options and i can't find anyone like that in the universe also as generous as we are in the world today i will also remind everyone that taylor zagar perez is almost 30 so he's much more eligible than jacob ellardy who is 24 dating cindy crawford's daughter wait wait he's almost 30 he's 29 he was 28 last year when i checked so i'm assuming he's going in 30 how did I not know this? I've he's had still- an each appropriate option out there. No, you no, you don't know. He's not your option what? because I look, I clicked, I got what? them both. I get them both. What? Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. We're we're sharing Jacob. This might be your year, but or wait, did I have? Wait, it's no, it's not 2020 anymore. It's yeah. your year. Yeah, you. Go, I had you- I had mustache Jacob. That was, that was a sad year, guys. I mean, according to PR, he still has mustache Jacob, which means it's going to be mustache Nate. Because oh. it's grown back and he, they're filming. Hmm. Very interesting. Good for if he gets into <laughs> which wouldn't be too far off of that show. I don't know hmm. how much I'm going to have scary. to edit so this doesn't take get taken off of YouTube because they do like search through words said. Oh, so we'll see. We'll see really? what kind of editing I have to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I did not know that. It's fine. It's not like we're monetizing this. It's not like anyone's going to mm-hmm. watch this. 
Um, okay, one of the really, really big moments that I had, and I wrote in all caps for about like 12 lines here, I didn't like the way that Elle's dad handled introducing Linda into their lives. And I know like that's very, very like small compared to everything else that happened, but I don't know, like I, I have separated parents, no one's ever had to introduce like another significant other to me, and in that way I think I've been very very blessed because I don't think that I would handle it well at all but I think that there's a way to kind of do it because especially like for the very first person that you're introducing to just say like oh hey I am seeing someone you might see them who knows and then to just have Linda show up and be like oh my god I loved your mom let me tell you all about her that to me just felt very ick Yeah, I can see that. I had a feeling yeah, this was ick, ick is honestly the word that I'm going with there because I, I don't even want to think about it too much because I'm now thinking about what it would be like if either of my parents showed up and was like, hey, so I'm dating. I just had a fear I wasn't recording this whole time. We're fine. Okay. Oh, no, I was going to say, I've, I've been watching the blinking red light. No, I know, but it was going to be no sound. Oh. Yeah, it's fine. I think we're fine. Okay. Hopefully we're okay. Fine. Okay. I have an opinion, but like the scenes with any parent other than Molly Ringwald are so insignificant to me. Like I don't care. Yeah. I f- no, I, I. Okay. So another thing about these movies—not these movies. This movie, KB Three, was written before the book. So the book for KB Three is based off of the movie. And the thing about this movie that I really, I didn't enjoy as much as the first two was it really felt like they kind of hit the points they wanted to and then they wrote a plot line to feed all of them. Mm-hmm. Like it was the shortest movie. They're like, okay, we want to make sure we get a scene with Ella Noah. So what are they going to fight about? Okay, like, so like, let's work backwards. They, like, they figured out the ending and then they worked backwards from that rather mm-hmm. than I feel like the other two of the books were already written. So they had kind of a map to go off of for them. Mm-hmm. And so I felt now, like you could tell by like the bucket list, like what kind of things do we want them to do? Oh, well, we want them to do this Mario thing. So like we're going to write this in. Well, how can we do it? Like just something, how, how are we going to do a movie where they do a flash mob and go-karting and certain things? Like, oh, a bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, everything everything that happened feels like it could have fit into their world. It's just, did it have a place in their world in this summer? It had. Because I, yeah. Because I think, so what, all of the KB movies span two and a half years? Total? Yeah. Two years in a season because it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's junior year, senior year, and then summer before college. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you also think about them presenting UC Berkeley as like the cheaper alternative to Harvard? Like, I thought that was hilarious when Elle was asking her dad, so how much money do I have for college? And he's like, I thought you wanted to go to Berkeley. And Berkeley is like the most expensive of the UCs. But it's still residential tuition. Because they're in LA. Yeah. So it's still significantly cheaper. 
and obviously she'd probably live with Lee and Lee's parents would be filling in the bill, so. Eh. Okay, yeah, that's true. Also, Molly Ringwald should have just come in there with like an endowment for Elle. Well, she doesn't need to because she knew she'd be supporting her like a daughter the whole way. So why do an endowment when like you're just going to give money anyway? Eh, yeah, but then like if she wants Elle to like have the freedom to go out and do her own things, like she should have present like given one of those scholarships that they present at graduation where it's like, here's $20,000 to like put towards your tuition or whatever. Well, talk about rich kids. She's going to the University of Spoiled Children, which is more mm-hmm. expensive than Harvard anyway. I think she's on scholarship, but still. Yeah. I like, I feel, her ending is fine. Like, her going to be, like, a video game person at USC. Like, okay, like, sure, I don't really care about it. But I think it's like, oh, yay, look at us. We're putting a woman in STEM, in sports, in video games. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I can see it. But to me, that felt, like, the least gimmicky. Because they've already established that throughout like the first couple movies, but we don't see it as something that's predominant in her life because she's put it on the back burner in comparison to everything that she does with Noah and Lee. Yes, but my thing is like, okay, like it was something different for her to do, like let her cave, not cave, let her create her own path, whatever. I'm impartial. So. All right. People in IRL, do you want to compare people to Kissing Booth characters? Or are we talking about how much we love Joey King? Um, Both. Well, let's start off by saying Joel Courtney threw a wedding in Arizona in the middle of the pandemic relatively early. I think it was like summer. So I feel like that's yeah. all we need to by Joel Courtney. Yeah. It looked very fun, but that was not the best decision. For the respect of our love of this franchise, we will refrain from continuing on about. Who do we do next? Um, let's save Queen Joey King for last. Okay. Um, so Jacob Ellerty. All of the not press that he originally did for this movie. Well, he's done much more for this movie than the last movie. That's true. But I maybe I love when he initially posted and he was just like, hey, did another movie. Have fun. He refuses to say the name of the movie very often. I think let's let's roll let's roll this back for all of the back history of everyone who doesn't know. <laughs> so when this franchise started, unfortunately, when did you see the kissing booth originally? So I saw I refused to watch it for the first few months. I think it came out in May of 27. May of 2017, May of 2018. Okay, so it came out of May. Yeah, because yeah, it was after I was in college. I finished college. So it was May mm-hmm. of 2018 when it came out. I refused to watch it for a few months because I think Angela and a few other of my friends were talking about this new rom-com on Netflix and how it wasn't that bad. And when people tell me there's a, either a movie I would like or something I should watch, I normally refuse. It's why it took me six months to watch Emily in Paris because everyone could be like, Jay, this is going to be your new show. And I hated Emily in Paris. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So I was like, I don't want to, I don't watch movies that people recommend to me because they're either like basic bitch movies or like, like extremely cheesy, which like, yes, sometimes I like, but I don't like that being the standard at which people set my taste of movies for. 
So I didn't watch it. And then I just turned it on during the summer and I was like, oh, huh, this isn't what I thought. And then I just consistently watched it and really I fell in love with it and I fell in love with the music and everything. So I continued to watch mm-hmm. it. And then two came out July of 2020 and then this one. So I know I asked you when yours was, but it doesn't really matter for where I'm going with this. So by the time I found out that they were, <laughs> by the time I got into this and I did my normal deep dive stalker internet thing with them, Jacob and Joey King were still together. It was actually right around his birthday and she was surprising him in Canada for while he was filming the movie Two Hearts, which is also on Netflix. Um, about the, some, the tequila guy. No, no, the Bacardi heir. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they were still together. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like, I actually think I started watched the movie because I saw that like the couple was together. I was like, oh, it's cute. And three months later, they broke up. And then I got really sad about it. But then we heard there's another movie. So we were like, kind of like, eh. But they were together. They got together during filming and it was like very cute. They had a bunch of public photos of them together and it was adorable. They were together. I think she turned 18. I don't know. She turned 18 or 19. I don't know. Okay. Because he's a few years older. Because she turned 21, I think, last year. Okay. I don't know. She's a few years younger. But the point is, there's a photo with Jacob, like, nine feet tall as he is, self-bearing with all of her short family. And there are all these great photos you can find on the internet. I treated my Instagram like 2012, 2013 Tumblr, where it was just fan mix of the kissing booth. And that's all I would see. And I was here for it completely. Then they broke up and my heart shattered. But then it's okay because Angela, <laughs> we'll let her get into this in a few minutes, kind of tried to cure because for a while after kv2 came out and i was sad I was like oh you can tell they're broken up like you can tell it's sad and all of these things but around that time in the movie you find out that some of the photos they used on jacob's fake instagram and in a few scenes were their real live actual like not movie produced photos at least that's what they told fans and they're that was like so cute so i would just send hundreds of photos of Joey and Jacob to Angela for months I still send them whenever they come up on my page it's a little few and far between now now that the third movie's out I think we're gonna resurface these again but it's been a while since she's gotten a lot of them but because of all of these photos and because I made Angela believe in this couple so much in August she came up with a conspiracy is what I guess we could name it yes I created my own guys it's called oh do I can I not say that because of YouTube police go for it we're we're gonna try it okay yeah I created my own conspiracy it's called the arrangement it's where Joey King and Jacob Elordi are secretly still together and I'm here for it because they were the cutest couple I have ever seen in my entire life And of course I came to that, as Jay told you, through the months and months of couples photos that I got of them. So basically the way that it works out is Joey King and Jacob Velorde met while they met for the first time while they were filming the first kissing booth. They filmed together, were dating for what, about a year and a half total. And then the movie came out. They started doing press for it, talking about how it was a cute little movie they were really excited about. And then, oh my gosh, they're together. It's happening. But then three months later, later they break up. But did they actually break up? Or did they take a note from their characters and then decide to have a secret relationship? 
that's where I'm at with that. And yes, I am just a little bit crazy about this movie sometimes. And Joey and Jake. You're going to get us a restraining order. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. Actually, guys, I'm like seriously kidding though. Um, Love Joey and Jacob a lot. The arrangement is something that was just way too fun to come up with because (laughs) I had this constant barrage of photos and it just it just kept fueling it and like we've talked about on the podcast I love stories I like to create my own stories a big thing that Jay and I used to have were were bedtime stories when we lived together so like Jay would just call out like bedtime story and I'd make one up for her very similar to the arrangement yeah yes okay wait but then this has me circle around so you have to frame it (laughs) but Last night when you were sending me your voice memos or this morning when we were talking and trying not to talk, but still talking about this, you said you think that they're done forever. Like as peers, like you're just like, I got more hope after seeing blooper reel three, but you made it sound like you're like, no, like I'm giving up the arrangement. So what's the deal here? Oh no. Okay. That actually wasn't related to the arrangement. That was related to the characters themselves in which they had their like final fight towards the end of the summer which wasn't even really the end of the summer it was just like the end of July they still had an entire extra month to go but just the way that things were left between Elle and Noah and Lee it felt like they were kind of done forever and in a way like they were sort of done for a while because when you come to their flash forward six years later Elle and Lee are still really good friends, but they're not necessarily in each other's lives the same way that they were. They've become those friends that spend more time apart than they do together, but their foundation is still so strong that it's like no time has passed. And then the same thing with Noah and Elle, because in they presented it as they haven't seen each other for six plus years. So that means that either one or both of them were avoiding family holidays, family get-togethers, birthdays, like potentially Lee and Rachel's engagement, because another plot, spoiler, guys, Lee and Rachel do end up engaged at the end of this. So if that's the first time they've seen each other, like it really does kind of feel like at that moment, they were done forever forever, forever in the terms that Edward thinks Bella puts forever because I just finished reading Midnight Sun and he's like, Bella's forever versus my forever, which is actually endless and her forever, which is like a few months. Okay, but the thing that's confusing is one, it where are you getting six plus years later? It literally says six years later. So where are you getting plus? Oh, well, I put in like their first year in college because I took it as six years from when Elle got into or potentially got into USC. And so that was for spring quarter or potentially even the next school year. So is it like seven years? Am I doing unnecessary math? Yeah, but the bigger plot point to me, which I don't understand is like, no, I think Ellen Lee had to separate for college, but I don't think, I don't think their relationship, it's more adult and less codependent, but I still think they make daily time for each other. Like, I don't take back it, to LA after Berkeley, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So I think because she's like we're as close as ever. She makes on we're close as ever, but our relationship changed. She's like, oh, like no time has passed. Like we're still who we were. I think, I think the big fight and calling that little bitch on his privilege really helped to reframe and recharge their relationship, which needed to happen. I'm really mm-hmm. glad it was. I felt like they addressed certain things. Like I love how we now know Molly Ringwald is a real estate agent. Yeah. Right? I like I like certain plot points that they had. I was like, oh, like I like that you like threw this detail in here to wrap up this part of it. Like I love when the OMG girls come to the beach. I was like, oh, oh, we thought you were poor. <laughs> oh my god! Right, and the final time she sees them, where she's like, it's still Elle, not Ellen. Yeah, but I love I like how they, they call they, her Ellen. Yeah, I think like they tied up certain things well. Mm-hmm. Okay, the one bone. The one huge thing that I find truly unforgivable about KB3. Tuppen. Tuppen. Why didn't I get more Tuppen? You had that Greek god on earth of a man. Like, please, someone tap him to play like Perseus. Who's the son of Zeus? Hercules. Someone get him into a Greek mythology movie stat. They had him, they had him right after KB2 because they went right into filming three and they didn't do more with him. Like, I agree. I do like his and Elle's little goodbye where like she smacks him on the ass. That's really cute and all. But he said, like, I'm going to have to go through when I watch again. But I think he said like six times more words in KB2 than he did in three. Well, he said more in all of the movies, which takes me back to when I was quoting, taking some of my favorite quotes throughout the series from this line is from KB1, everyone. I apologize. I am no tuppin when expressing his line, which, <laughs> which is no boobs are worth a broken nose. Oh my God. When she starts shouting in the arcade and all the mothers just look at her horrified. Oh, wait, I actually, I didn't get to finish my favorite lines, but I do have one of them here. Um, When Noah picks up Elle at the party and she asks, who is this? Are you a girl princess or a boy princess? Yes, I did too. I think that one's great. Okay, where are we in, where are we in our outline? We are at... Teenage fangirl section, which I think we kind of already went into with the yeah, arrangement. Yeah, we, we, we kind of covered a lot. Oh, wait, hold yeah. on. To go back to Jacob for a minute. Mm-hmm. I think that he said multiple times he did not expect his movie to get the notoriety it did. Surprise, surprise. You played a heartthrob for teenage females. Like, it's going to happen. You're 6'4 to 6'6 and really attractive and Australian. Like, it's going to happen. And I think because of his toxic traits as his character, he didn't like how he was doing it. He wants to be an actor and not get all of the like celebrity aspect of it. Sorry, dude. It's like, it's like going on the bash form being like, I'm not going for fame or for brand deals. I'm going for love. It's like the show has been on for years. Like it's going to get notoriety. You're in a movie with Joey King and Molly Ringwald about teenagers. Like you're going to get, you're going to get a fan base. You're going to get, you're going to get some of the toxic things that come with being a celebrity. Yeah, I think the issue... The issue for me is someone who, like, I have acknowledged we are both 
young adults who like have a different view on this than probably we would have as our 15 year old selves. I think he could have done more to at least be courteous and to not he's like I love my fans but he talks down about the movies but the reason you have the fans is the movie therefore in I think transitive property and math you're therefore talking down <laughs> to your fans so yeah I mean we I have to pull that. up his IMDB but like your kissing booth fans are probably his first fans so yeah you can't, you can't hate on them yeah and I think there's a way to acknowledge it and it's things like you are you're already on euphoria it's not like you didn't do euphoria just like it's like Zendaya went from shake it up to you Eufo- to winning an Emmy for euphoria like there are ways to transition out of the teen tween world gracefully and I feel like Jacob did his version of pulling like a Miley Cyrus of like can't be tame dancing on a pole like I'm not <laughs> me anymore like I'm an adult I'm a serious actor now but yes I guess in shorthand, don't bite the hand that feeds you. If anything, throw it a bone once in a while. Like we all know the internet, all KB fans knew everyone got a lot of joy when Joey King tweeted out after Jacob had sent in some interview, he hadn't seen the movie yet. Joey did ask his permission because this was confirmed on Howard's turn. But before she tweeted out, Jacob seen it, like, calm down. Like, she tweeted mm-hmm. it, which, like, she knew would give everyone a riot and would, like, be on news cycles for weeks because yeah. we would get so much joy from it. And the thing is, like, it was confirmed, like I said, that she did ask his permission before tweeting, which I think is decent of them. Mm-hmm. And I think goes into your thing of, like, talking terms, words have been exchanged. They Arrangement. Both, they both were willing to at each other in some form for this press release. She did a post of just herself, but thank the whole cast and his name was second. And he did a post just for her on his story, which is on his highlights, which I'm sure will be taken down by the end of the week. So luckily I just, (laughs) I screen recorded it because I'm one of those fans account. Our fan account will be starting soon. Oh yeah. Okay, where are we? We are, we have very gracefully transitioned into anything else that you would like to mention. Oh my God. There's so much other things I'd like to mention. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we're now moving on to one and two. Like, I think we're going to overall franchise thought before we go mm-hmm. in. I think you, this is kind of your thing, but every time I say it, I kind of laugh. You will need a disclaimer for this one because, but I'm just gonna, when I was, was taking notes for KB1, um, some of the favorite lines I know you love are M and D are out of town, <laughs> which I know gave you a great laugh, oh my God. which, which stands for mom and dad, which you put together. I didn't even think about it. Like, why can't you just say mom and dad? I don't understand. Oh, okay. Continue. Um. Oh, wait, wait, really quick. Just for the first one absolutely when I was watching KB1 earlier the whole like backup backups that are about like three sizes too small for you is such an actual private school thing because I was thinking about that today and like somehow like that is just a thing because it's like you have a uniform you have x amount of sets of your uniform pants skirts whatever 
and then generally like when you start out like as like a little kid and you get your first skirt it's really really long on you but then by the time you've completely grown up it's super mini but like you still hold on to it so when Elle pulled that out like when I first watched it I was just like oh my god like this is just one of those moments that they put in for the boys but no like the more I think about it I'm just like yeah, that's probably something that I did as well, where like one day I was like, oops, I ran out of skirts. Let me just pull out my old one from second grade. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, so a few of the other notes I have from KB1 is like, Joey wore a wig in two and three, and you all know how I feel about bad wigs in Hollywood. There's enough money and enough good, probably black hairstylists to know how to treat a wig and make it look real on someone's head. So Hollywood get better wig stylists. But I realized in the first movie, Joey's hair was like not brushed the entire time. I was like, oh my God, your hair doesn't look good in these movies either. Like the wigs <laughs> looked more tamed. I don't blame her. I just blame the hairstylist, which I didn't realize. Well, um, what I'm curious about too, is it that Joey's hair wasn't brushed or were they going for a style that didn't necessarily like fit her hair? Because it looks like she has curlier hair. And then they were having to deal with either straightening it or blowing it out and then recurling, waving, et cetera. And so particularly like for some of the scenes where like her hair's up and they shot in South Africa. I don't know what the climate is like there, but I could imagine like going from like scene to scene, different takes, like having to like treat her hair well. Some of those um, scenes that you're getting where like it is starting to look like a little bit more matted it's like that's just kind of like something that you have to deal with which again they should have known to treat her hair a little better how to wrap it properly get the proper sprays in I think I would say between like a 2b and a 2c naturally I think yes but every time I take a quiz I come out 3b which to me seems a little too big. No, because your little's a 3A, isn't she? I think so, yeah. Yeah, no. So here's me. I mean, to me, it makes sense because like you're definitely not in the fours, but like you have pretty curly hair naturally when it's curled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's no way your hair is like less curly than Joey King's hair. Very fair. But yeah, I put her between a 2B and a 2C. So like, it's not, mm-hmm. not, it's not, not curly. So that would actually make sense. Um, my first timestamp in the first movie was 2428. That little encounter where Noah is asking Elle to get on his motorcycle is the first accent slip I heard. <laughs> For those of you really listening. Oh my God. This all is throughout the all three slips movies. in three. It happened three it's not even an accent slip it's more just of a change of accent between scenes one there's a little bit two a little bit three it felt like he was changing voice every other scene which is where I listed on this thing in my other section of notes my new really this is kind of the TikTok like tell me you have type a friends without telling me you have type a friends I will be going through kb two and three and trying to figure out the shot order based on the length of Noah's hair yes and especially because he had such distinct highlights like throughout too yes it like grows and shrinks and lee's hair grows and shrinks throughout the two movies it's very Mm -hmm. odd 
but um oh my god okay wait I actually wrote down one of the lines where I thought he had like the most hilarious either like accent slip tonal shift like whatever we're gonna call it in kb3 and oh I'm not gonna be able to get it right so I was I'm just gonna sound really bad for a second but um when he made the nice dinner for l and he's like standing there leaning up against the pole he's just like I wanted to make up for everything and it's like almost going British but he had like weird like still like lilting pauses in between the words this was the best take of that yeah I don't know but to go to it's a great transition to the scene I think now you will get to elaborate on one of the lines that's become iconic in our friendship highly inappropriate for what it is <laughs> would you like to I think you know where we're going with this would you I, like I to? do I would like to preface this with um a trigger warning and also that we do not approve of this at all but we just find it highly you, highly you amusing particularly in the way that I pitch my voice and the inflection that I put on it when I do it but um when Noah is chasing after Elle after Warren like essentially tries to assault her on the beach too which like we've never focused in really on before but uh when he slams his hand down on the car and just yells get in the car Elle and it's just like the epitome of his anger issues so it's really really not okay but also like when you're just like look at what's going on and after everything that's happened like he really thought that like getting angry was the best way to keep her safe really which again I think is another way that you can really tell that this is written by a 15 year old girl so you know cut the movie some slack we've all grown since then but yeah Angela for face like to just keep saying like get in the car L and so we laugh at it now <laughs> The scene itself is not funny. Going back, rewatching KB1 after kind of 2020, Me Too and everything, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I hadn't watched KB1 that much, honestly, before I got into KB2 again. And, like, going back watching, I'm like, wait, this is really, like, not okay. Like, how we would... It wasn't okay in 2018 when it was done either. Mm -hmm. But but all of a sudden in 2020, it was like, wait, this is, like, really not okay. But and Angela, and like, you can honestly really tell too when you watch KB1 now and then you watch KB2 when it came out in 2020, like just in those two years, like the amount of things that were presented or said in KB1 that were not okay would not fly. They really like did like a 180 on. Well, it's like the slut, sh- the slut shaming of L by Lee, the slapping of ass by Tuppen, mm-hmm. like all of Noah's fights, like a lot of the bad behavior and kind of like raunchy behavior too like was cut yeah Mm -hmm. Jacob made a comment too that each movie has less kissing okay but kind of like I really oh okay like I know that it might lessen the impact of it but that first scene where they kiss in the kissing booth and you have like circle cam and then we actually see in the bloopers where they had them on the spinning pedestal as well like I don't know like to me like that's just especially like thinking back on it like that's the epitome of like what you envision your first kiss to be like and it would be really cute if they were able to find some like good callbacks to that in each of the movies but of course it's not exactly appropriate in this instance anymore because they 
well, we don't actually know the details of their breakup from, but from the way that, you know, they treated each other and, you know, maybe still do treat each other in secret, who knows her arrangement. Um, it just wasn't necessarily appropriate anymore to be done in the public eye. I know. Well, I thought, okay, one, there was like a lot of like sex and making out and two, I thought there was less. There's actually two, it was more condensed. There weren't as many mm-hmm. scenes, but they were longer. And then three, there was a lot of like pets, like, oh, we're settled in this relationship. And then they had like the one you call Nate Jacobs. I call like super cute, romantic and vulnerable scene. <laughs> Nate Jacobs. We are going to agree to disagree. <laughs> like, or okay, you, or gave, you're just it, wrong. It gave me Nate Jacobs in that guy's apartment, like threatening him. Do, do no. you remember the one I'm talking about? Yeah, no, but you're wrong. Yeah, that's. <laughs> no you're just wrong it was adorably cute and with the cindy lopper and you are not taking that scene away from me and making cindy it something Lauper it's not. is an incredibly okay so she's used in some incredibly creepy movies like i think it's the prom like t- time after time might be used and the prom that's that a musical? Film. no this is a um it, it is a musical but it's also a movie with britney snow um came oh, yeah, out yeah, in yeah. like 2009 or something Cindy excellent will, soundtrack I I don't care this scene was wonderfully beautiful <laughs> and it's the only sex scene we got in this movie it's the only makeup scene we got from them in this movie <laughs> and after that they break up stop taking away my joy <laughs> okay okay I'll stop <laughs> I'll stop thank you I can I can give you your joy because I I have the arrangement. Okay. I have a few. Going back to why Lee's a problematic asshole, the only thing that my brother didn't have was you, and now he has that too. After he called her a slut. Yes. After he called her a slut. And and we wasn't I'm sorry, Angela, and we wasn't problematic in one. He was less problematic in one. Is that your misogyny? No, I think I'm patriarchy's calling. No, I think I'm still just going with out of all the movies, he still seems to be less problematic in that one. I think two and three, he was consistently more problematic problematic because at that point he should have known because he went through this entire thing with his best friend and yet he chose to take the low road and put her in uncomfortable positions. Nope. Okay, now we're on, to, now we're on my notes for KV2. Um, oh, unpopular opinion. Jacob could win an Oscar for the passive aggressive statement at that Thanksgiving dinner from when they're yes. like, from when they're like talking. Talking I... is something we should <laughs> do. And then what's like, I'm grateful for my friend. My motorcycle. I was getting to there at the end. Sorry. It's go for ahead, my family for family, new friends, and my motorcycle. Like, ooh. But yeah, that was, well, I love that passive aggressive Thanksgiving scene. Um, and then going back to KV3 of, I did the, because I didn't get my montage, I didn't get the cute thing where Jacob and where Noah and Elle kick each other's butts and the height difference is really cute that they do in the both of the first two montages. Oh yeah, that is really cute. You know, I can't believe okay. I didn't get a montage. I was really sad. Yeah, you get the oh montage at the end where Elle's going through like her apology train and then you get the montage where they're going through the rumpus room with like, but where's the montage that we all care about? 
Yeah, which is, and I mean, the, the bucket list is like kind of the montage of this movie, but... But Noah's not there. Yeah. Well, Noah's also not in the rumpus room. I know. But even more, Noah should have been in a montage. <laughs> oh, wait, but also just speaking of like really great Noah moments um, in KB2, it, when he's waiting for Elle in the airport and he throws the sign and it hits oh, that guy that. in the back of the head. Oh, my God. Okay, so Pop Sugar had a list of the rules that they have stated in them. This didn't include KB3. I think so. But I will read, we can go through their list and see how many, like, we agree with or disagree with. So this has, okay. like, 10 of them. Rule number one, only your best friend gets to know your birthday wish, which I think is wrong because it doesn't come true if you tell anyone else. Yeah, no. Number two, never share secrets with anyone else. Yes and no, I feel like their definition of a secret is not, like, a fair one. Like, if you tell me, like, oops. If you're like, hey, Jay, don't tell anyone I'm going to Seattle, that's different than, hey, Jay, I'm pregnant, mum's the word. Like, I would not yeah. weigh those two secrets equally. And for them, I feel like because Lee's an immature little bitch, like, he doesn't understand, like, the degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, I think there's a difference between saying you telling me like oh my god like I'm supposed to be juice fasting but I ate a cupcake today like don't tell anyone (laughs) and saying like oh my god like I hit a deer with my car don't tell anyone rule number five always do the Thanksgiving wish one with your bestie I think that's cute you can keep that one if you do Thanksgiving with your bestie I think that's fine that one's all I'm I'm down Rule number six, if you can't tell your best friend about something you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it. 50-50. I think, I think that rule is kind of a general thing where if you can't tell X, then you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it. But I always, I don't necessarily think your best friend should be that person for every situation. Like sometimes it's like, if you can't tell your mom, if you can't tell your grandma, mm-hmm. if you can't tell your significant other. Like I don't think like that one person is always should be your benchmark for every decision but I agree with if you'd be ashamed to tell anyone important and value whose opinion you trust in your life you probably shouldn't so I agree mm-hmm. with like the basis but I don't agree with like the exact situation yeah I think like 75 25 because I mm-hmm. think just within the context of the terms of your best friend like that's almost like when it becomes real like looking in the mirror at like yourself and what you're doing so I think it just, I'm sticking with 75% of the time. Okay. It's like, if you can't say it, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Number seven is one I think we should implement, which is no matter how mad you are your best friend, you have to forgive them if they bring you ice cream. I'm down. Um, number eight, best friends must tell each other if there's something stuck in their teeth or on their face. I mean, I think everyone should just do that. Yeah, you should do that for everyone. Oh, I Uh, was watching the Grey's Anatomy episode recently where Derek asks Rose, like, oh, are we friends or are we just work colleagues? Because you have something in your teeth and I can tell you only if we're friends. And yeah, I know he's flirting, but like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Rule number nine, relatives of your best friends are off limits. I disagree. But I've also never had a friendship with that. And we're only children. So I think that's a little bit harder. I, yeah. 
I've almost considered setting you up with a cousin. I think like I don't necessarily think it's off limits. I feel like if it has to be off limits, you have some more internal work than the actual situation. Like it's very mm-hmm. clearly like your relationship with your brother caused you to feel this way because you've always felt in a shadow, which has some self inner child work you could be doing. Definitely. But I think also the real issue there, which you have to take into account is whether or not you're like necessarily like fostering this relationship or pushing for it. And then if it ends badly, will then impact your relationship with either your sibling slash family member, close friend you consider family and your best friend. True. But I also think the person going after the, per- the the two people who want to be together, it's their decision, not the decision of anyone else in the family or in the friendship. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like, say, like, for example, if I decided like, oh, I really want to like introduce you to my cousin and I'm like pushing for both of you to do something you don't necessarily yeah. want to do. And then like you hit it off. It's great. It happens for a while. And then you guys have like this like weird, awkward breakup, like. Yeah, but I think, I think that's in this situation, like, I think it was very clear from the beginning, Elle liked Noah's ass, and I think that, like, <laughs> it was very clear from the beginning how, <laughs> where everyone stood, and her being a family yeah. friend, so, like, we had no right to say that. Mm-hmm. Number 10, if one friend is sick or moody, the other one is responsible for bringing the supplies to make them feel better. Yes, but what I would like to add there is, in addition to the self-work that that person is doing to change their own mood because it is not anyone else's Mm -hmm. responsibility on how you feel. Yes, which I think is why our check-in system is very good. Like our emoji check-ins or ice cream check-ins where it's like, what flavor are you today? It's like, it's the good compromise. Okay, then we skip down to rule number 16. When your bestie needs you, you're there for your bestie. I think like as much as your bucket is full. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to I think that goes back to like the whole airplane mask thing of like put your mask on before you put on anyone else's you should be there to the amount that you can be like not to make this any a downer episode because I don't want it to be but it's like I've been going through a lot in my life and so is Angela right now so we're not fully like being there for each other as much as we can be but in part by doing what we can on our own end, we're not snapping at each other. We're not fighting. We're not putting anything in the center that we know the other one does not have room for. And mm-hmm. like when I was house sitting a little bit ago, I like was on a dog walk and I called Angel. I was like, hey, I have 20 minutes where I like have time to not focus on myself. Do you have anything you'd like to say? And mm-hmm. sure, it was only 20 minutes, but this thing of like, I knew I had the time and the self filled that like, I could give that space to someone else. And I think that's the important Mm -hmm. part of like, you need to know when you're, if you're unfilled, like I told Angela, because some things were just getting very raw. Like, I don't have the space to do this. I'm thinking of you. And if anything really, if like, so if Angela hypothetically had had something really big, she knows she could have called me. I would have pulled whatever together I could. But Mm -hmm. when the regular is going on at her job, like to complain to other people. Yeah, no. And I think that's just about like trying to like, not necessarily like regulate your friendship, but just regulate like the intake flow. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that came from. That was just like a weird phrase. 
but no, but I think it's just, it's good for us because it's like you, I think that you should still know like some things that are going on in my life, but I don't necessarily need to give you the full story. Like every single day, like you can have the highlights like every couple days. And then like, I can hat box and we can go from there. And like, same here when it's like, I'm like, yeah, it's like, you can call me like these three days of the week. Other than that, like we'll check in next. Yeah. Cause like when they're in all of the situations, when like Ellen, we are like, when your bestie needs you, you need to be there for your bestie. The reason that they were so drained was from their bestie. So you can't Mm -hmm. like you and I know this, like sometimes the exact thing that you need is what your partner or your friend or whoever has does not have to give you. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if like Angela really needed quality time and I had no quality time because I was just busy, like I can't give my bestie what she needs because it's the one thing, it's the only thing she wants. Like I could call Mm -hmm. her as much as I wanted. I said gifts, I could do all the other things, love languages, but like the thing she needs, I can't provide but I shouldn't provide it for her and then resent her for it later. So it's like, exactly. I think then what you need can be changed a little bit. Continuing. Rule 18, always be happy for your bestie successes. Agreed. Yes. Rule number 19, always go to the same school as your bestie. No. I think it's a little controlling. Yeah. No, I think that goes in like the same line as like always you always have to live in the same city as your bestie or you always like should like work in like the same office or something like that. It's just your lines get blurred a little bit too much. Wait, I don't know the context of when this one came up, but now I'm really curious. Rule number 20, terrible decisions are not meant to be discussed. Like decisions you do together. Like if you do, like if the two of you rob a bank, you don't share it outside of the two of you. You don't share your own terrible decisions with your best friend. When was this spoken about in the movies? I want to say three because I don't remember it. Yeah. And then rule 21, I remember from three, which is if you see something awesome, show your best friend. I know that was two. So I don't know where this terrible decision one got thrown in. Hmm. Maybe... I'm trying to think because they've never shown like the physical list have they we saw the physical bucket list but you not... saw part of it you don't see the full thing and the, and okay. the one that maybe she it's added... fr- maybe it's from that because rule number 35 which they added at the end of three was call your bestie when you miss them which mm-hmm. is cute but don't be upset if your bestie can't pick up because going back to 16 airplane yes. mask okay exactly and, and then again to my type anus we're going to decide based on my rating criteria, which is the best kissing group movie. <laughs> okay. So I wrote right. a list of traits and they're going to get allotted points, like one, two, or three based on it. And you want to have the most points. Does that make okay. sense? Yes. I'm writing this down so you don't need to yes. do math. Okay. So. I appreciate that. Which has the best plot? And there'll probably be debates. So this might take a while. I also Two. didn't think of answers before this. Hold on. Okay. Well, you have to you have to rank them because we do my points. Has the best plot? Me. Two, one, three. Shh. I'm thinking. <laughs> I think I disagree. I'm Ooh, really, really trying to sell her. 
just on plot alone. So to me, it's like take out take out Joey King, take out Elodie, Joel Courtney can stay. I don't give a shit. Molly Ringwald, take out everything, and just think of like the character arcs in this thing. Mm-hmm. I think I go one three two. I love two, which is why this is hard. But I think on plot oh. on the plot alone. I feel like two had the most basic plot line of love triangle, miscommunication. Mm-hmm. One had the good plot line of all of like the raunchy jokes and kind of the one introduced us to everyone. I got a montage in one. Three, because you got growth and I like the way they finished everything. And then two, I felt like is the movie that was most like other movies based on just okay. the plot. So what do we want to do? We rock, paper, scissor it. Do we... What do you think? Did I convert you? Do you want to try to rally me to change my opinion? What do we want to do? See, I don't know, because when it comes to ranking things like this, I really go with my gut. Mm -hmm. So I can't really particularly tell you why I like two the best. Like, I know that I enjoy, I actually enjoy watching one more, but there's just something about two I know, but I really gravitate towards. But if we're just talking about the plot. Okay. All right. If we're just talking about the plot, then I go one, two, three, because I don't like how choppy three feels to me. Okay. Well, we both agree one comes first if we're going plot. Yes. And then it's between two and three. Rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. Okay. Rock. Wait, it's just a late. So okay. One, two, three. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Yes, I win. <laughs> Hard hitting decisions here, people. Okay. I know with our Zoom camera delays, so this is going to be hilarious. Attractiveness and characters, or attractiveness of characters, two, one, three, and yes, I know two and three were filmed at the same time. But no, they I was going better the same way. Two. two, one, three, two, one, three. I have to do it because I have them in like KB one, KB two, KB three. But then I need mm-hmm. to remember to give the highest points three, and then, yeah. this is a lot here, people. Wait, but just speaking about attractiveness of characters in between two, because I know two and three were filmed together but did you think that there was a difference between Joey's wig in two and three? No. Interesting. Yeah, no. It was styled differently, but no. Okay. Maybe, yeah, no, I don't really think so. Because also since two was supposed to like lead into three, the summer of three, like it would have been weird Mm. to do a lot, even though Jacob's hair drastically would change the length between scenes. Soundtrack. I was a very big fan of the soundtracks of, two so for me it goes two one three yeah there are some granted I have not fully listened to the soundtrack of three but it just doesn't fit as much three felt very alternative to me two got me into like oldies music like the two montage songs were both from 1969 and then I started Mm -hmm. listening to this playlist of songs from like the 60s and the 40s and like it's like cute you know the playlist, but the thing is, like, it's not what I use when I bake or, like, when I have to do chores, so I'm also, like, is this, like, for me reverting, like, the women's movement to listening to these, like, really old songs while I do, like, my domestic duties? Oh, my God. You can become one of those TikTokers who does that. Actually, have you seen the guy that 
makes all of the like 1940s and 50s recipes that look completely outlandish and somehow turn out okay I have not but I'll have to send you some of those comedy like how funny it was one three two oh I go one two three okay well one again gets the most points I felt like I don't feel like two like is two that funny I feel like two had more moments that made me laugh out loud I think three had a lighter feel but I wasn't laughing as much because I felt like there was just so much conflict like from the get-go I don't know that whereas like going back and forth between like Elle and Noah and then like Elle and Lee like Elle and Lee had like lots of really lighthearted moments throughout two versus like in three where Ellie and Noah were just kind of at odds like throughout the movie like starting about like 15 minutes in I know but like I don't know like the scene in three where like Lee and Noah keep taking down the first sale sign was okay yeah that's good and like the Mario scene weighs heavily for me like that was just really funny but like the snack scene and the after after dessert yeah Oh, rock, paper, scissors, Okay. Ready? Three. Dang. <laughs> okay. I said LLL 12. Which is your, which movie had the best kissing scenes? Hold on. One, two, three. Yeah. Which movie had the best montage? Fuck me. One, two, three. What montage are you using for three? I mean, three definitely comes in the last place. But like, I'm using I'm using the bucket list montage because that's okay. what I think of as three's montage. Okay. I'm I'm torn. Because two or because one, so here's my thought process, people. Well, what do you think of this? One, they're very much like really together and it's very cute. And like they go all over the beach and like they're hiding and everyone's catching them. Like she tells Lee, he, mm-hmm. she's watching. But two, you have like Boston and they're broken up, but like they fake it well enough for my liking where he wears her scarf and they're filming each other on the bus and like they're on the boat and it ends with them at the dinner where he says my favorite line of the entire movie or the entire trilogy, which is where Elle like looks up at him in Boston and he's like, I love the city. And then he responds with, I love this girl. And his eyes are just sparkly and wonderful. So I'm really. See, I think you're more captivated by the after image of the montage. But it's like, it's all one scene. They're in the same outfit. Oh no, that should change up. Fine. Fine. We'll go one, two, three. See, I can be giving people. <laughs> the ending two three one two three one two three one whatever okay i label this one like the external people so basically oh god anyone who's not tuppin miles the, ollie british yeah. girl okay parents molly ringwald okay the little brother Oh, Brad was so good in the third one. Who's Brad? 
her little brother. Oh. Two, three, two, one, three. Yeah. Yeah. What year? Yeah. Okay. And then the, I have three like superlatives. Okay. That like the winning scene just gets the extra points. Okay. Okay. So the first criteria, and this movie just gets the three points from it. Which movie had the best kissing scene for you? Because it's one kissing booth trilogy. Which is the kissing booth, uh, Ellen Noah's first kiss. Spinning around. Oh god, I just finished watching two and I'm trying to remember. I stick with one, but I feel like I like the gazebo one more. Okay. So, okay. Which scene pulled at your heart? Which movie had the most scenes that pulled at your heart? For me, that would be two, because I was literally screaming watching two. Two. And then which, your favorite scene of the entire three movies? Like, you get one scene, and and then whatever movie has that scene gets the points the after uh, after dessert that is your number one scene that is my number one scene and then followed up with marco meeting l at her locker to tell her that she uh, shouldn't be embarrassed and then telling her that he's gonna go get a snack, snack. <laughs> oh god this this whole marco revelation with you is new really you yeah because marco was always mine there's no debate about it especially after we saw him being gay and young and hungry there was still no debate that I got Marco. Well, we'll see. Yes, there was that, but I was unaware that he was age appropriate. That, so, like, that's the thing. I thought that he was definitely leaning more like the rest you. of the cast, like I told in you your this. age range. I told you this last year, before the that concussion, did. like far before the concussion. Oh, I just I completely missed out on a lot. Oh God. I'm getting stressed. I'm getting stressed. You could tell this when I was watching KV3. I'm hyperventilating a lot. Oh, no. My favorite scene's in two, too. I just described what it was. No. No scene. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now I get to do some math. You've entertained the people for a minute. Do, 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 do. Entertain them some other way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. Um, as we prepare to become a KB Trilogy slash Marco Valentin Pena Stan account. Please let us know if there's any particular content that you would like to know more about from the kissing booth from our perspectives. As we said, we're not necessarily its target audience and yet we are exactly its target audience. So we hope that you've enjoyed this today. And remember, we are regularly the co-hosts of In Omnia Paratus, as you can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. And Jay, are you ready to let us know? We're really not fans of KV3, but I also feel like we've seen it the least. I've only seen it one and a half times and Angel's only seen it once. I will be watching it again when we finish this. So I might have some new thoughts to put on the Instagram when I finish it. But as of now, KV3 got 10 points. Oh, okay. KV1 got 22. Oh, okay. I think our clear winner, which is no surprise, is KV2 won with 24 points, which had some of the best scenes, my favorite soundtrack by far, 
it had a very few montage at least where they do do the butt kicks Mm -hmm. we get the halloween scene which we still have yet to talk which we didn't even hit on we didn't we didn't hit on marco singing which i need a full version of him singing in spanish what i like about you and whatever that like batman wolfman song is like yes and i needed more of that like wait also in kb3 where he's gonna take his gap year and then he's going to go to new york and be a musician he can meet peter kavinsky and lana condor's character oh no shoot they're in california right no she's going to she's in new york yeah so wait oh my god okay but lee can meet peter kravinsky at a cal stanford game guys are writing you the crossover everyone wants Mm -hmm. oh my god wait she can get on it wait oh okay yes and i'm gonna loop amanda back in for this maybe this is where we hit it big netflix will be will be coming for you in about two months that's generous (laughs) two years maybe maybe we'll we'll see how busy work gets as I've been deflecting the work emails all this time those are not nearly as important as this trilogy oh absolutely not especially because they're all spam which is very weird but I also feel like we said nothing the past two hours like I'm freaking out about what we actually said because I feel like we we talked a lot about the movies but I also feel like we said nothing so now I'm like did we give enough of a description? Did we say enough? I mean, I think we definitely did enough considering it just came out today. So I figure by the time most people see this, they won't have <laughs> seen that much of the movie. We talked mainly about one and two, which I think is the most helpful for people who are going to watch this because people don't want to talk, hear us talk about three. They want to watch three. I, think. I mean, we spoiled a lot of three. Like we spoiled the we ending. <laughs> we spoiled the wedding. Um, I like how Molly, let's just go for, let's go for the rest of three. I love how Elle called Molly Ringwald mom at the end. I think it was very fitting. Yes. It was very cute. It was very interesting how they like, it was cute how Elle had them redo the beach house picture. Mm-hmm. And how we get that and her and we know okay, I have the audacity least- to, hold on. We know I have the audacity to be like, don't forget me. You fucker, you broke up with her. Right like okay no and then the way that he did it too it's like I'm making this decision for you it's like you can come to Harvard all you want but I'm not gonna be there for you it's like are you kidding me I feel like I get what he was trying to do but he like did it in the regular asshole way Mm -hmm. so like yeah that was hard yeah they have the stupid bucket list they have a montage they do a great flash mob I like the flash mob scene. I thought it was fun. The flash mob is really great. I wish they picked a song I already didn't like because I started listening to, because of KB1, I started listening to the 70s song, Love Crows, Where My Rosemary Goes. From KB2, I had never heard Lost in the Wild by Walk the Moon, but like, that became mm-hmm. my song of 2020. And like the fact that in KB3, it was again, Walk the Moon, it was Shut Up and Dance, but that song was really big while I was in college. So like, I didn't, I, I wanted a new song. It's music. Um... What else can we spoil? Chloe's in it. Her parents are getting a divorce. I feel like they just do that. She rolled up on the biggest yacht possible, which is just the most Chloe entrance they could have. Well, yeah, I was also really like, well, I know, but like she asked Flynn to pick her up from the airport. So I was confused about how she got into the boat. Like, how did you get the boat? Um, they played pool again. 
Marco was in it for like two minutes. Oh, my heart broke when, as Angel called the Nate Jacob scene was happening and Marco comes up to the window and sees them kissing. I'm like, oh, heart aching. Oh, um, we'll end with this. We were supposed to end a bit ago, but I want to ruin the rest of the movie just while we're at it. Um, Marco's in it. Gap year, New York. He still loves Elle. He punches Noah. Tuppen was only in it for two scenes. Yes, but he was in the Mario scene, which is the most important, which is one of the most important scenes. Um, they're at a water park. Elle's working at a restaurant. Oh, and this was in my little thing of Lee working okay. at the restaurant for fun so we could spend time with Elle. Oh my God, right? You little shit. Okay, but also too, one of the things that I found kind of weird is like when they were talking about like what they had planned for the water park and how they needed Marco's help, was it evident to you that they were going to be go-karting? Well, yeah, because she asked like, oh, the water park with the go-karts? Oh, I missed that part. Okay. Yeah, she does bring up the go-kart. Okay. Okay. We get to see Marco's little sister, which is cute, because like that, is that was the bet for the dance. Um, we all knew Lee was gonna use his rich people money and buy the machine, the dance machine. Oh yeah. And when she and it, it ends with her and her little brother dancing on it and she's passing on the tradition to him, that's very cute. Yeah, then there's a bunch of like Elle's dad refalling in love and things of which I think I he do. totally could have done better. Yeah, I don't love when he brought up like I took this extra job to like pay get more money. Like you that, yeah. that's not your that's not your kid's burden. Um Molly And also, especially after everything that she did to win that prize money for her college, it's like don't talk to her about how like you want to help her. It's like she did something incredibly crazy to help herself. So yeah, like help her all you want, but like don't make it seem like you're about to contribute like as much as like she's done for herself at this point. I mean, yeah, but that was on top of the college fund he could already provide for Berkeley and the grads too. Like, See, but I, think, I thought he wasn't providing a college fund. No, I thought he, that he, he was saying like, oh, like fund. I have to pay for Brad's school as in his private school. No. Oh, I don't know. But the point is he, he said they could afford to send her to Berkeley, but not to Harvard. Got it. I thought sure. it was like, you can go to Berkeley because it's cheaper. No, I think they had money for Berkeley. I think they had money for Berkeley and not for Harvard. But yeah, like when they did the whole Monopoly scene, like I get it. I had a feeling it was like a sentimental thing like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the scene didn't move the plot along in any way. Like mm-hmm. this, this, this trilogy was not about Elle and her like mommy issues. And it was a thing of like Molly Ringwald had been filling that position. So it was kind of like, what's the point of this scene? What is the point exactly. of existence in this movie? Mm-hmm. um oh also just touching on the moms for a second because that's where they both met and became best friends and that's what spurred Ellen Lee to want to go to UC Berkeley in the first place I feel like that totally should have been something that Elle was already considering and like aside from Lee you know yeah did that make sense I lost my train of thought there for a no. minute it made sense. I'm just thinking like it was more about but it's more about the mom's friendship than the school they met at. Mm-hmm. Like going to if she wasn't friends with Lee, going to Berkeley might be a thing, but like it's because the moms had such a strong connection that they, they wanted to go. Kissing Booth one, two, and three are on Netflix internationally. 
frankly, I think the reason all three got made is because they had such a big audience in Brazil and not America. I know America really wasn't pleased with getting all three, but fortunately for America, we are the two solo fans of this franchise. Or the United States of America, let me clarify, because America is two continents long. Oh my god, I actually didn't know that they did it didn't have a huge American audience it has an American audience but like a lot of American audiences are like this is like because shows like the hundred and Julie and the phantoms and a lot of movies didn't get shows don't get renewed whenever something that people don't like does get renewed like they get a lot of flack for it oh got it yes kb1 two and three are streaming on netflix we highly recommend you watch all of them and we can't wait to hear your thoughts what are your thoughts yeah, please enjoy the next like week or two of KB content. I'm going to be posting on Instagram and let us know what you think because we're going to post a lot more of our favorites. Yes, particularly the blooper reels. What's your favorite oh, blooper yeah. to send us out? Oh, it all relates back to the snack when um, I think Elle and Lee are hanging out at the beach house on the couch and she like jumps up and she's like oh, I'm gonna go get a snack and he's like oh is Marco here that's a great one it's just so I great. also love the one where it's the second one where um it's right when Elle and Noah are doing their running scene at the end and they keep like they like he picks her up and like spins her because like they have to do another take and like they run back up the hill and then I think the classic one is the spinning scene from oh yeah the original one. We get to see Jacob kind of like teetering on the podium as they go to do their scene. Oh my god. Okay, can you also just like imagine because Joey King is barely taller than us. She's 5'3. Five, 5'4. Three, five, he... We're we're barely 5'3. Wait, she's oh yeah, she okay, so I she's 5'4. Yes. So Joey King is 5'4 and Jacob Alordi is almost 6'7. He's 6'5. He's not 6'5. I don't believe it. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. part of the arrangement. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Whatever. Jacob Alordi's like 6'5 and Joey King is 5'4. Like they're just. They look There's adorable. So much happening there. <laughs> My God. Yeah. They do look adorable though. We love this franchise. The way to escape what's going on in the real world, not only in our personal lives, but <laughs> nationally. If you're a California resident, the recall election ends September 14th. Your mail ballot will be August 16th. Please vote. Go team. <laughs> Do you have a quote to send us out with? Um, one moment here. His abs are 1 million followers all day. <laughs> is that sweat something about like ice cubes like melting ice cubes on his abs oh my god um here here no here Angela oh, I'm gonna set you oh up. my Angela, god Angela I'm gonna set okay. you up for this one okay 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 go grab a snack and <laughs> CTA Angela CTA what's our CTA oh Okay, okay, again, again. Grab a snack and rate, download, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Because remember, when we are not running a KB fan page, we host <laughs> an Omniaparatus. As and remember, <laughs> goodbye and good night, everyone. <laughs> He's not a snack. He's the entree. He's the whole meal. <laughs> <laughs>